Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Happy Friday, football fans, and welcome into another edition of of the Chase Podcast. I'm Isaac Sines, and I thank you for joining me. In today's episode, I release an updated NFL mock draft following the scouting combine. Plus, I'll provide in-depth analysis for each pick of the first round. The Fall is another production of the Chase Podcast. Covering the latest news and analysis around the National Football League. Turn the volume up. The chase is on and the chase is live. Now, let's say to your boys. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Signs coming at you live on this Friday, March 8th. It is almost NFL free agency, and the NFL Scouting Combine was last weekend, so it's been quite the eventful week with the franchise tag deadline on Tuesday, seeing a bevy of top edge rushers getting the tag as well as a couple of other players including kicker Robbie Gold for the San Francisco 49ers. Now that of course was announced a couple of weeks prior but things are getting interesting in the NFL. I know it's still difficult because there is no football on Sundays or Mondays or Thursdays but we are weathering the storm well and it helps to get behind the mic a couple of times a week to discuss the upcoming NFL Draft. For those of you who are new listeners to the Pro Football Chase podcast, I'm Isaac Sines and run the Instagram account, Pro Football Chase. Go give me a follow on Instagram and Twitter as well as Facebook. 
But this is my third edition of the mock draft. I've already released the first two and I wanted to unveil a third, especially because there is new buzz coming out from the scouting combine. A lot of rumors, some players, they boosted their draft stock with their combine performances, while others may have seen their value diminish a little bit due to a couple of drills. And I know it's pretty silly to sit here and talk about how a player running in underwear can really affect somebody's draft stock, but tell you what all the years the draft has come and gone it certainly has been a factor where evaluators and gms and coaches meet with these top prospects from around the nation and they get to see them move out in space in drills and 40s and verticals and it does dictate the outcome of which players are selected higher than others so While it's quite astonishing and baffling because we have seen some players that have been quote-unquote combine warriors, however, it doesn't always translate to the NFL level, while others who were snubbed from the combine or did participate but didn't have good days, those players have gone on to be the pro bowlers, so it really is a complicating case, but nonetheless, let's go ahead and get into my mock draft 3.0, and now I will say this, there are some drastic changes in this mock draft compared to the first couple, but you know what, I was innovative, I took into account the draft stock rising on a number of players and and I'm really happy with what I put out there because I think it just allows all of us to imagine different scenarios and I did include a trade in this very mock draft so I hope you're ready for it so number one the Arizona Cardinals they select Oklahoma quarterback Kyler Murray there's still a lot of people out there that believe it is one massive smokescreen coming from Arizona you saw Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime and Michael Bidwell tell reporters before the combine that hey Josh Rosen is our guy the 10th overall pick of the 2018 NFL Draft. However, Kime kind of backed off a little bit and said, yeah, Rosen's our quarterback for now, which, you know, yes, it could be a factor of trying to jolt up the price for teams such as the Jaguars, maybe the Giants, maybe the Broncos lurking at 10, the Dolphins, the Redskins. Maybe they're trying to get some of these quarterback needy teams to trade up to the number one spot to grab the quarterback of their choice. But nonetheless, there's now a report from Kimberly Jones of NFL Network who reported a couple of days ago that it is a a real strong belief going around in league circles that the Cardinals are definitely going to take Murray because of Kingsbury's familiarity with the Heisman winner. There is a lot to like about that potential marriage with Murray entering an offense that already has a bell cow running back and David Johnson. Larry Fitzgerald is returning for at least another season. Now we know that they still have some other needs on that offense, but they do have Christian Kirk, who is an electric slot receiver, and you got to be intrigued by how he can produce with the type of quarterback that 
Murray is. He didn't participate in any drills there in Indianapolis, but he does plan to throw at his pro day on March 13th, which is the same day when free agency begins. So that is going to be a hectic, fun day to monitor. But Arizona, Kyler Murray, while I was a little skeptical at first, I now believe that this is actually going to happen and Josh Rosen will be traded before April's draft. So keep an eye out for that. Now on to the second overall pick, and here's when I hit you all with the trade. San Francisco trades the number two overall pick to the New York Giants, who currently hold the sixth overall pick, and they leapfrog the Jacksonville Jaguars and eliminate any potential threat of a team like the Dolphins or the Redskins jumping out ahead of them to snag Haskins. Now, I did read a report where Gettleman and Shermer may have a little bit more interest in taking Daniel Jones out of Duke instead of Dwayne Haskins. Now, that is a rumor. There's no legitimate beef behind that report, but I still think when the dust settles, Haskins will be the guy that the Giants take. And this is, of course, if they do choose to go with the quarterback in the first round, which I think a lot of people, they had to be betters that they would say that New York will get a signal caller. Regardless if Eli Manning does indeed return for the 2019 season, which is something that both Gettleman and Shermer have said, especially at the Combine, they backed their veteran quarterback, and so I think a guy like Haskins, who just has one year as a starting quarterback under his belt, he can learn from Eli Manning as the offseason transpires. Maybe he starts as the number two quarterback on the depth chart to begin the regular season, but I don't think it would be long before he overtakes Manning for the starting job. I think the Giants are going to have to be aggressive They're working with some more cap space. As we know, they decided not to place the franchise tag on Landon Collins. They will likely choose to address their offensive line. They already have a lot of playmakers on offense. Barkley, Odell Beckham, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard. So a guy like Haskins can come in and really thrive rather easily. Now, number three, the New York Jets. They are elated because they get Nick Bosa to fall right into their laps at number three. This is the best case scenario for Adam Gase and Greg Williams, who desperately will be looking to land a pass rusher in free agency, but adding a guy like Bosa in the draft, who is regarded as the number one defensive end in this year's class. Bosa did go through all drills at the Combine, showing that he is indeed fully healthy from that core muscle injury he suffered at Ohio State. He ran a 4.79 in the 40. Athletic, explosive athlete, and the Jets get a big-time edge rusher to plug and play in Greg Williams' 4-3 scheme. And guess what? A D-line that already has Leonard Williams at defensive tackle. Now with a guy like Bosa, who knows? They may be able to acquire a guy like Dante Fowler in free agency. 
They could have themselves one talented defensive line brewing in the Big Apple. Now, the number four pick, Oakland Raiders. I have them taking Josh Allen, defensive end out of Kentucky. Now, Allen actually met with reporters at the Combine, and he specifically stated his interest in playing for the Raiders because he wants to take on the challenge of eclipsing Khalil Mack as impossible as that may seem. Allen wants to carry the torch there for the Raiders as they will eventually make the move to Las Vegas in 2020 unless that stadium is not ready to go. This is a match made in heaven. Allen, this guy is an athletic freak. A stellar season. 17 sacks in the SEC. You saw his versatility and his range as a player at the combine a 4-6-4-40 I think John Gruden ought to be all over a guy like Josh Allen that can come in and have success immediately on a defensive line that already has young talent in Maurice Hurst and Arden Key who they took in last year's draft so I like that fit for Allen and the Raiders now number five the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I still have them taking Greedy Williams, the corner out of LSU, six foot three cover man. I think this guy has exceptional ball skills. And I think at the combine, he cemented his status as a top 10 pick. He can run a 4 3, 4 4. He can fly. The Buccaneers with Todd Bowles now as their defensive coordinator. They desperately need a lockdown corner. You know, Brent Grimes is there, but he's an aging veteran. Vernon Hargraves, he's a former first-round pick, but he's battled to stay healthy on the field. So a guy like Greedy Williams can step right in and be their number one corner from day one. Number six, the San Francisco 49ers. This is the trade, obviously, so they do have the number two overall pick, but in this mock draft, I have them trading with the Giants, so they now hold the sixth overall pick, and I have them taking Quinnen Williams, a defensive tackle out of Alabama. Now, Williams falling to six would be quite the surprise, but because of the quarterback swap there with Murray going one and Bosa getting knocked down, I think Williams falls to six, where the Niners are very happy to add a guy like him who's a monster defensive tackle. You can plug him right alongside Eric Armstead, Solomon Thomas, DeForest Buckner. He blazed a 4.83 40-yard dash and really confirmed what everybody knew is that his physical abilities are off the chart. This is a top five type of pick. And I know San Francisco has already used a lot of first-round picks on their defensive line. I know offensive tackle could be an option with Joe Staley aging there at left tackle. But I think the plan is for them to eventually transition Mike McGlinchey, their first-round pick from 2018, to left tackle when Staley does indeed call it a career. But Quinnen Williams, he is the best player available on the board and I would be shocked if San Francisco left him there. Number seven, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have another shakeup here. While I've given them a quarterback, I gave them Daniel Jones in 1.0, Kyler Murray in 2.0, but 3.0, 
I have them going a different route knowing that they are expected to sign Nick Foles when the new league year begins. So I have them getting Nick Foles a big time target. DK Metcalf, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Metcalf owned the combine. He put up 225 27 times. He ran a 4-3-3 and he really established himself as the top wide receiver in this year's draft class. Of course, he was limited there at Ole Miss this past season due to that neck injury, but he's now fully recovered. Jacksonville looking at their depth chart. I know they got Keelan Cole. I know they have D.D. Westbrook, but they're slated to lose Dante Moncrief in free agency. And this is a Jacksonville team that desperately needs a number one wide receiver for Foles that can really be a deep threat as well as a possession receiver. D.K. Metcalf, 6'3", 225 pounds. He is another breed. He's a monster. I think he's going to jump into the top 10. And Jacksonville just makes a whole lot of sense giving Foles another viable weapon to go along with their rushing attack, Leonard Fournette. Number 8, the Detroit Lions. Nothing changes for them in my eyes here. I still have them taking Montez Sweat, the defensive end out of Mississippi State. Sweat ran a 4-4-1. He's 6 foot 6, 255 pounds. He ran a 40 faster than Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, and Antonio Brown. And look, Detroit, they're going to let Ziggy Ansah test the free agent market. Matt Patricia, he specializes in defense. They know they have to address the edge rusher gap that they have. Montez Sweat makes a ton of sense. To go to the Motor City. So I like the Lions taking him there at number eight. Number nine, how about another shakeup and an offensive player coming off the board? Marquise Brown, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. I know you may be thinking, wow, that is too big of a reach for a guy like Brown that was not able to participate at the combine after undergoing list Frank surgery on his foot. But this guy is in the mold of an Antonio Brown, Tyreek Hill. He's an explosive player. And what does Buffalo need the most? They need a player that can stretch opposing defenses and go with Josh Allen's big-time arm down the field. And I know Buffalo, they're happy with the development of guys like Robert Foster, Damari Scott. These are younger guys that got more playing time towards the end of the season, which is why they cut Kelvin Benjamin and Andre Holmes to shore up more playing time for the younger guys. But Marquise Brown... He is another talent. He can really provide this Buffalo offense with a playmaker that defenses are going to have to stay up late at night to scheme against. He is a very twitchy athlete out in space. So Buffalo, I think they go offense. They tab a guy like Brown and put him in an offense that already has LaShawn McCoy. Josh Allen's developing. Brandon Bean may hit a home run with this pick right here. Now number 10, Denver. I still have them taking Drew Locke at 10. I know they're getting Joe Flacco. That trade will become official when the new league year kicks in on the 13th. But Elway loves 
Locke, apparently. He's enamored. He followed him very closely at the Senior Bowl. And if you're Denver, I know you got Vic Vangio. When do you plan to be picking in the top 10 anytime in the future? So now is the time to identify a young quarterback, sit him behind Joe Flacco. I know they're likely to release Case Keenum if they're unable to trade him. I know Elway talked about that they would like Keenum to return as backup, but I just don't think that's an option at this point. Keenum is going to want to test his market elsewhere, so Locke gets to sit behind Flacco, who there's a lot of similarities between both of those guys, both taller quarterbacks. Flacco's 6'6", Locke 6'3", so I think he's groomed for a year, and then Locke will eventually take over a young Denver offense. Now to 11, Cincinnati. I have them taking Devin White, linebacker out of LSU. The Bengals with new head coach Zach Taylor have several needs to address. I think they'll be able to address some of those uh, issues such as tight end, offensive line, maybe linebacker and free agency now that C.J. Mosley is a free agent. But White makes too much sense here, especially Vontez Burfecht. His future is in doubt with those concussions. And bottom line, Cincinnati just needs an impact player that can come in and complement Drake Kirkpatrick, William Jackson, and Geno Atkins and some of the young playmakers that they already have. Number 12, the Green Bay Packers. We know they want to go after an edge rusher, and they're going to have some options in free agency with younger guys like Preston Smith hitting the open market, which I think is a really good fit for Green Bay considering that they are going to part ways with Clay Matthews. That's what it seems like right now. But I have them taking Rayshon Gary, edge player out of Michigan. Gary busted out a 4.58 40-yard dash at the combine. He's trimmed down a little bit, and he can come off the edge as an outside linebacker. You can kick him inside, especially with Muhammad Wilkerson set to hit free agency. He fits what Green Bay is looking for, a versatile player that can come in and really pin his ears back and generate pressure on the quarterback. So Gary, who a lot of people think can go in the top eight, I think he goes 12 here to the Green Bay Packers. 13, the Miami Dolphins. Now before you Dolphins fans hit up my direct message with this pick, this is a pick I made under the assumption that Jawan James was not going to return in free agency. Now, I know they've had ongoing talks with his camp, and they're hoping to re-sign him. But with a guy like Donovan Smith getting big money from Tampa Bay earlier this week, so I have them taking Jawan Taylor, offensive tackle out of Florida. He is a day-one starter at right tackle, and an eventual replacement for James should he depart in free agency. Taylor is... A monster in the run game and really was rarely fooled in pass protection. When you watch his film, he did a good job going up against some of the SEC's top pass rushers. I think this makes a lot of sense if James is no longer a Miami Dolphin. Now number 14, the Atlanta Falcons. This is a team that's also in the market for another edge rusher. Maybe an interior defense alignment, so a guy like Dexter Lawrence or Christian Wilkins, Jeffrey Simmons. Those are some names that could make some sense here. But I actually have them addressing their offensive line. You know they're going to let Ben Garland go in free agency. And that's why I have them taking Cody Ford, 
the offensive tackle slash guard out of Oklahoma. Now, Ford, who projects as a tackle in the eyes of many talent evaluators, I personally think he's a better fit at guard in the NFL, and he's a nasty mauler. You saw him at OU. This guy paved the way for Kyler Murray and Sermon and Rodney Anderson before he went down. Nasty player. He can come in. You plug and play him at one of the guard spots there in Atlanta. And that fills out an objective that Thomas Dimitrov said earlier this offseason where he wants to get young at the offensive line. And a guy like Ford, who you can come in, put him in at guard. You know he's going to open up lanes. He's going to be a road grader for running backs Devontae Freeman and Ito Smith. And also give Matt Ryan some much-needed protection in the pass game. Number 15, I have the Redskins taking wide receiver Nikhil Harry out of Arizona State. Now, they just acquired Case Keenum on Thursday in a trade with the Denver Broncos. They swapped late-round picks. Now, the Redskins, they are in need of wide receivers. You know, the Josh Doxson experiment is not working out the way they had envisioned. Jamison Crowder is set to become an unrestricted free agent. They need answers at the position. And I understand that they could still target a quarterback such as a Daniel Jones here in the middle of the first round. Or who else knows? I mean, they could really like Kyler Murray. There's rumors out there as well. And Harry, a guy that's looked at maybe as a late first, early second round guy at 6'4", 216 pounds. This guy has all the intangibles and traits to become a dominant number one wide receiver. He had 73 receptions for 1,088 yards and 9 touchdowns for the Sun Devils in 2018. He had a decent 40 time. This pick makes a lot of sense for a Redskins team that's looking to revamp their offense. Number 16, the Carolina Panthers. I have them taking Claylin Farrell, edge player out of Clemson. Farrell was named first team All-American by the AP, first team All-ACC, and a finalist for the Ted Hendricks Award as the nation's top defensive end. Nine and a half sacks this past season. His production speaks for itself. No, he's not the athletic freak that Josh Allen and Montez Sweat and Nick Bosa are, but he's a flat-out baller. He can get in there, he can play, he can produce. High motor, high character, coming from a top program there at Clemson. The Panthers have to be ecstatic about landing a player of his caliber, especially in the wake of Julius Peppers' retirement. He gets to get to work in Carolina. And with Ron Rivetta calling the plays, you know that he's going to look for some young edge rushers to generate some pass pressure on opposing quarterback. 17, the Cleveland Browns. I have them taking Ed Oliver, defensive tackle out of Houston. Oliver is kind of mocked in all areas of the first round. Some people think he's a top 10. Some people think top 15. Some even would argue that he doesn't even deserve to go in round one. I think this is a good range for him, 15 to 20. 
and a team like Cleveland that already has a young defense. you got guys like Miles Garrett, Ogba on the end, and then you look at their backfield with Jabril Peppers, Denzel Ward, Terrence Mitchell, and now you plug in another versatile defense alignment that has some position flex and was dominant there at Houston. I think he's going to be a tear. He can play three technique as well. John Dorsey, I think, hits on another pick in the first round by taking a guy like Ed Oliver, who does have some questions off the field and about his character. But you know what? Dorsey has already made some bold moves this offseason, and I think this is a good fit scheme-wise for Steve Wilkes' defense there with the Browns. 18, the Minnesota Vikings. I still have them taking Dalton Risner, offensive tackle out of Kansas State. I'll say it again, Risner is a fantastic player. I got a chance to interview him. This guy has a great head on his shoulders, and not only that, but he is a nasty offensive lineman. If you watch his film, he is driving defensive linemen into the ground. Kansas State was a run-first team, as funny as that sounds, because the Big 12 Conference, they are labeled as a pass-heavy conference, but The Wildcats used a lot of power formation, and Risner, I think, showed that he can also be a mauler in the run and has also held up exceptionally well against some of those Big 12 pass rushers that you see climbing up the boards after the combine. Number 19, the Tennessee Titans. I have them taking TJ Hawkinson, tight end out of Iowa Hawkinson and Noah Fant are two rising prospects that a lot of people think they can both go in the first round. I have Tennessee taking Hawkinson because, for one, he can do it all. He can do it as a pass catcher. He can do it as a blocker. And I know they already have Delaney Walker there who's under contract for the next couple of seasons. But it's time to start identifying his eventual successor And why not add a dynamic playmaker like Hawkinson that can help the development of Marcus Mariota and also complement a guy like Corey Davis, who's a number one wide receiver out on the end. You plug in a tight end like Hawkinson. Now you're going to have defenses having to also plan and double team him over the middle, which then makes Davis more effective and makes his job easier. This just makes a lot of sense. For the Tennessee Titans. Number 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have them taking Devin Bush, linebacker out of Michigan. The Steelers need help at edge rusher. I know that. And corner because we saw that secondary really collapse towards the end of the season. But let's just face it. They haven't been able to fill the void that Ryan Shazier has left. Which is why I think somebody like Devin Bush who clocked in a 4-4-4 40-yard dash and is really a sideline-to-sideline defender, a thumper. He can wreak havoc in the run game, rush the passer, and also drop into coverage very well. So Bush to the Steel City at 20. 21, the Seattle Seahawks. They're going to be looking for some edge rushers as well, which is why I have them taking Brian Burns out of Florida State. He played at 235 pounds last season, but he showed up at the Combine at 249. And you know what? He quickly alleviated questions about how his weight would affect his speed, but he clocked 
a 4-5-3 40-yard dash, and he's drawn some comparisons to Alden Smith, and we all know the talented edge rusher that he was. The Seahawks placed the franchise tag on Frank Clark earlier this week. But you know what? You can never have enough premier edge rushers in today's NFL, especially in the NFC West, where you're going to have Jared Goff there with the Rams, Jimmy Garoppolo with the Niners, and maybe Kyler Murray, if that's the route they go with. So Brian Burns of Seattle makes a lot of sense. 22, the Baltimore Ravens. Here's a surprise for you. I have them taking Hakeem Butler, the wide receiver out of Iowa State, Butler was a second-team All-Big 12 pick in 2018, and he finished among the nation's top 10 in receiving yards, yards per reception, and led the Cyclones with 60 receptions and 9 touchdowns in just 13 starts. This is a 6'4", 225-pound wide receiver that has been training with Calvin Johnson He has all the tools. I'm just saying this is a receiver that I think is going to be a star in the NFL. The Baltimore Ravens, they cut Michael Crabtree. They're going to look to give Lamar Jackson a big target. And who else to get than a guy like Butler that I think can come in right away and be an immediate down-the-field threat as well as a red zone target 23, the Houston Texans. Give me Jonah Williams, offensive tackle out of Alabama. Williams is a top 10 talent, but because of how things have played out a little bit at the combine, some teams are concerned about his arm length and how it's going to affect him at the next level, which is why he could fall to the bottom end of the first round. And if he does, Houston ought to jump on him and turn in his card immediately you know Houston had issues protecting Deshaun Watson as Watson was the most sacked quarterback in 2018 they need to keep him standing upright for the foreseeable future and a guy like Jonah Williams you can put in there at either guard or tackle so he does have position flex comes from Alabama I think this would be a nice addition for the Texans Now number 24, the Oakland Raiders are making their second pick of the first round. I have them taking DeAndre Baker, cornerback out of Georgia. Baker has already been profiled as one of the top corners in this year's draft class. He had 116 tackles in 51 games at Georgia, 7 interceptions. And when you also look at his production there, he was... Pro Football Focus's highest graded SEC corner in 2018, just allowing a 40.2 passer rating when he was targeted. I know he doesn't have greedy Williams size at 6'3", and doesn't have those long rangy arms, and didn't clock in a 4'3", 40-yard dash, but when you turn on the film, DeAndre Baker can produce for a defense, and I view him as a legitimate Lockdown corner in the NFL. The Oakland Raiders go ahead and build on that young secondary that already has Gary on Conley. So Baker and Conley would form an ideal one-two punch 
at the cornerback position. Now 25, the Philadelphia Eagles. I still have them taking Trayvon Mullen, the corner out of Clemson. They need to solidify their back end. Ronald Darby is hitting the open market as a free agent. Sidney Jones, I know he plays nickel corner, but he has not been able to stay healthy. So I know they got Rasul Douglas, who's another athletic rangy corner, and they can add a second one there with Mullen out of Clemson. 26, the Indianapolis Colts. I have them taking Christian Wilkins. So the same pick from the mock draft 2.0. Wilkins was a first-team AP All-American, 57 tackles, 6 sacks. You watch him in the national championship game against Alabama. He completely mauled their offensive front. Indianapolis, they locked up Marcus Hunt. I know they like him there, but they need to get younger, especially at the interior of Matt Eberflus's defense. Wilkins, he does the trick there. 27, the Raiders are on the clock again via the Dallas Cowboys. The Raiders take a receiver here. I have them selecting A.J. Brown, the other wide receiver out of Ole Miss. In fact, they met with him at the Combine. John Gruden says he is quite the athlete, so there is some interest there. I think this pick would also bode well for Derek Carr if he does remain their starting quarterback. Big body target that can go up and make contested grabs. Brown was a first-team All-SEC pick again in 2018 and broke his own school record with 1,320 yards on 85 catches and six touchdowns. 28, the LA Chargers. I have them taking Dexter Lawrence, defensive tackle out of Clemson. Lawrence did suffer a minor injury at the Combine when he was running his 40, but that's not going to affect his draft status. I still think he's a late first round, early second round type of pick. He played alongside Wilkins and Claylin Farrell and Austin Bryant, which was a beefed up defensive line there at Clemson, but this guy can stand on his own, 6'4", 350 pounds, he can slide into Gus Bradley's defense and provide L.A. with a run stuffer that they have been looking to add, especially if they decline Corey Legit's option, so he's a free agent. This is the cheaper route to go, especially with a player like Lawrence and the upside that he has at the next level. 29, the Kansas City Chiefs. I still have them addressing their secondary but instead of Deontay Thompson out of Alabama, I have them going with a cornerback, Rock Yassin out of Temple. Yassin transferred to Temple as a graduate student for the 2018 season, and he immediately showed that he had the talent to excel at the FBS level. He was a first-team All-American Athletic Conference selection as a senior. He led the way with 12 pass breakups to go along with 47 tackles and two interceptions. He's an aggressive corner. He played at the Senior Bowl, had some fun battles there with Debo Samuel out of South Carolina. Kansas City needs another corner to pair with Kendall Fuller, and Rocky Sin fits the mold of what Brett Veach likes, and that's a player with a high football IQ, and Rocky Sin checks all the boxes in that category. 30, the Green Bay Packers. I still have them taking Nasir Adderley just because I really love the fit there, what he can bring to Green Bay and Mike Pettin's defense. Just the thought of Adderley and Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson, and who knows, 
Green Bay's expected to pursue Landon Collins in free agency. So they could really structure a big-time secondary this offseason. And a guy like Adderley could be the cake on top of what they're building there under Brian Gutenkunst. Adderley is a ball hawk. He didn't work out at the combine due to an injury, but he will be a full go for his pro day at Delaware. I think he's a first round pick. Some others think he'll fall to the second, but I just like the fit so much that I did not want to change the pick for the Packers. 31, the Los Angeles Rams. I have them taking Ja'Kai Polite, the edge outside linebacker from Florida. Reports say that Polite had a pretty tough week at the Combine, noting that several teams spent their interview session pointing out all the things they didn't like about his game. However, Polite himself noted that his meeting with the Rams went great and liked the vibe he had with Sean McVay. And guess what? It's a perfect match because the Rams are going to let Dante Fowler test free agency and are unlikely to re-sign him due to the money he's going to be looking for. So Polite, who's a very similar player, comes from the same school as Fowler, the Florida Gators. I think this pick would be something that the Rams can get behind and be excited about the player they're getting this late into the first round. And to close out my mock draft 3.0, I have the Patriots taking Noah Fant, the other Iowa tight end, Fan has increased his production as a junior there at Iowa. 39 receptions, 519 yards, 7 touchdowns. Garnered first team all Big Ten notice and was a third team All-American. The Patriots, they still don't know Rob Gronkowski's future. But regardless of what happens, they cut Dwayne Allen. They're looking for another tight end that can come in and be a downfield weapon for Tom Brady as long as he's playing. And whoever continues to play the quarterback position in New England, Fant is a scary possibility for the Patriots because of what he brings to the table. And he's also a very athletic playmaker. So the Patriots just add another dynamic weapon to their already high-functioning offense with Josh McDaniel calling the plays. So there you have it. There's my mock draft. I appreciate you taking the time to listen in. I'll be releasing another one here in a couple of weeks just to keep you posted and updated about the players' draft stocks moving forward. But until then, have a blessed weekend, and I will see you with some new content in additional episodes next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer.
If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.